Part One of Chapter One of How to Analyze People on Sight. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Stephanie Lee. How to Analyze People on Sight Through the Science of Human Analysis The Five Human Types by Elsie Lincoln Benedict and Ralph Payne Benedict. Part One of Chapter One. The Alimentive Type The Enjoyer Note, bear in mind at the beginning of this and every other chapter that we are describing the extreme or unmixed type. Before leaving this book you will understand combination types and should read people as readily as you now read your newspaper. Those individuals in which the Alimentive System is more highly developed than any other are called Alimentives. The Alimentive System consists of the stomach, intestines, elementary canal, and every part of the assimilative apparatus. Physical Rotundity A general rotundity of outline characterizes this type. He is round in every direction. Fat rolls away from his elbows, wrists, knees, and shoulders. See Chart 1. The Fat, Overweight Individual Soft flesh thickly padded over a small-boned body distinguishes the pure alimentive type. In men of this type the largest part of the body is around the girth. In women it is around the hips. These always indicate a large nutritive system in good working order. Fat is only surplus tissue, the amount manufactured by the assimilative system over and above the needs of the body. Fat is more soft and spongy than bone or muscle, and lends to its wearer a softer structure and appearance. Small Hands and Feet because his bones are small, the pure alimentive has small feet and small hands. How many times have you noted with surprise that the 200-pound woman had tiny feet? The inconvenience of getting around, which you have noticed in her, is due to the fact that while she has more weight to carry, she has smaller than average feet with which to do it. The Pure Alimentive Head A head comparatively small for the body is another characteristic of the extreme alimentive. The neck and lower part of the head are covered with rolls of fat. This gives the head the effect of spreading outward from the crown as it goes down to the neck, thus giving the neck a short, disproportionately large appearance. The round-faced person. A full-moon face with double or triple chins gives this man his baby face. See chart 2. Look carefully at any extremely fat person, and you will see that his features are inclined to the same immaturity of form that characterizes his body. Very few fat men have long noses. Nearly all fat men and women have not only shorter, rounder noses, but shorter upper lips, fuller mouths, rounder eyes, and more youthful expressions than other people, in short, the features of childhood. The entire physical makeup of this type is modeled upon the circle. Round hands with dimples where the knuckles are supposed to be, round fingers, round feet, round waist, round limbs, sloping shoulders, curving thighs, bulging calves, wrists, and ankles. Wherever you see curves predominating in the physical outlines of any person, that person is largely of the alimentive type and will always exhibit alimentive traits. The Man of Few Movements The alimentive is a man of unhurried, undulating movements. The difficulty in moving large bodies quickly necessitates a slowing down of all his activities. These people are easeful in their actions, make as few moves as possible, and thereby lend an air of restfulness wherever they go. Because it is difficult to turn their heads, extremely fat people seldom are aware of what goes on behind them. 
The Fat Man's Walk Very fat people waddle when they walk, though few of them realize it. They cannot watch themselves go by, and no one else has the heart to impart bad news to this pleasant person. Spilling Over Chairs The fat man spills over chairs and out of his clothes. Big armchairs, roomy divans, and capacious automobiles are veritable dykes to these men. Note the beeline the fat person makes for the big leather chair when he enters a room. Clothes for Comfort The best that money can buy are the kinds of clothes purchased by the alimentive whenever he can afford them. And it often happens that he can afford them, especially if the cerebral system comes second in his makeup. If he is in middle circumstances, his clothes will be chosen chiefly for comfort. Even the rich alimentive gets into something loose, as soon as he is alone. Baggy trousers, creased sleeves, soft collars, and soft cuffs are seen most frequently on fat men. Comfort is one of the very first aims of this type. To attain it he often wears old shoes or gloves long past their time to save breaking in a new pair. Susceptible to Cold Cold weather affects this type. If you will look about you the first cold day of autumn, you will note that most of the overcoats are on the plump men. How the Fat Man Talks Never to take anything too seriously is an unconscious policy of fat people. They show it plainly in their actions and speech. The very fat man is seldom a brilliant conversationalist. He is often a jollier and tells stories well, especially anecdotes and personal experiences. Doesn't tell his troubles He seldom relates his troubles and often appears not to have any. He avoids references to isms and ologies and gives a wide berth to all who deal in them. Radical groups seldom number any extremely fat men among their numbers, and when they do it is usually for some other purpose than those mentioned in the bylaws. The very fat man dislikes argument, avoids disagreeing with you, and sticks to the outer edges of serious questions in his social conversation. The fat man lives to eat. Rich food in large quantities is enjoyed by the average fat man three times a day and 365 days a year. Between meals he usually manages to stow away a generous supply of candy, ice cream, popcorn, and fruit. We have interviewed countless popcorn and fruit vendors on the subject, and every one of them told us that the fat people kept them in business. Visits the Soda Fountain Often As for the ice cream business, take a look the next time you pass a soda fountain and note the large percentage of fat people joyfully scooping up mountains of sundaes, parfaits, and banana splits. You will find that of those who are sipping things through straws, the thin folks are negotiating lemonades and phosphates, while a creamy frappe is rapidly disappearing from the fat man's glass. The Deep Mystery What do you suppose is making me so plump? naively inquires the fat man when it finally occurs to him, as it did to his friends long before, that he is surely and speedily taking on flesh. If you don't know the answer, look at the table of any fat person in any restaurant, cafe, or dining room. He is eating with as much enthusiasm as if he had just been rescued from a forty-day fast, instead of having only a few hours before looked on equally generous meal in the eye and put it all under his belt. The next time you are at an American plan hotel where meals are restricted to certain hours, note how the fat people are always the first ones into the dining room when the doors are opened. Fat Making Foods Butter, Olive Oil, Cream Pastry and starches are foods that increase your weight just as fast as you eat them, if your assimilative system is anything like it should be. Though he is the last man in the world who ought to indulge in them, the fat man likes these foods above all others, 
and when compelled to have a meal without them feels as though he hadn't eaten at all. Why they don't lose weight We had a friend who decided to reduce, but in spite of the fact that she lived on salads almost exclusively for a week, she kept right on gaining. We thought she had been surreptitiously treating herself to lunches between meals, until some one noticed a dressing with which she drowned her lettuce, pure olive oil, a cupful at a sitting, because, she said, I must have something tasty to camouflage the stuff. An experiment. Once in California, where no city block is complete without its cafeteria, we took a committee from one of our human analysis classes to six of these big establishments one noontime. To illustrate to them the authenticity of the facts we have stated above, we prophesied what the fat ones would select for their meals. Without exception, their trays came by heaped with pies, cake, cream, starchy vegetables, and meat, just as we predicted. A short life, but a merry one. According to the statistics of the United States Life Insurance Companies, fat people die younger than others. And the insurance companies ought to know, for upon knowing instead of guessing what it is that takes us off, depends the whole life insurance business. That they consider the extremely fat man an unsafe risk after thirty years of age is a well-known fact. I am interrupted every day by salesmen for everything on earth except one. But the life insurance agents leave me alone, laughed a very fat young lawyer friend of ours the other morning. And he went on ordering ham and eggs, waffles, potatoes, and coffee. That he is eating years off his life doesn't trouble the fat man, however. He has such a good time doing it. I should worry, says the fat man. It was no accident that ish kabibble was invented by the Hebrew. For this race has proportionately more fat people in it than any other, and fat people just naturally believe worry is useless. But the fat man gets this philosophy from the same source that gives him most of his other traits, his predominating system. Digestion and Contentment the eating of delicious food is one of the most intense and poignant pleasures of life. The digestion of food, when one possesses the splendid machinery for it which characterizes the alimentive, gives a deep feeling of serenity and contentment. Since the fat man is always just going to a big meal, or in the process of digesting one he does not give himself a chance to become ill-natured, his own and the world's troubles sit lightly upon him. The Most Popular Type Socially the life of the party is the fat man, or that pleasing, adaptable, feminine creature, the fat woman. No matter what comes or goes, they have a good time, and it is such an infectious one that others catch it from them. Did you ever notice how things pick up when the fat one appears? Every hostess anticipates their arrival with pleasure, and welcomes them with relief. She knows that she can relax now, and sure enough, fatty hasn't his hat off till the atmosphere shows improvement. By the time Chubby gets into the parlor and passes a few of her sunny remarks, the wheels are oiled for the evening, and they don't run down till the last plump guest has said good night. So it is no wonder that fat people spend almost every evening at a party. They get so many more invitations than the rest of us. Likes Complacent People People who take things as they find them are the ones the Alimentive prefers for friends, not only because, like the rest of us, he likes his own kind of folks but because the other kind seems incongruous to him. He takes the attitude that resistance is a waste of energy. He knows others and easier ways of getting what he desires. There are types who take a lively interest in those who are different from them, but not the alimentive. He prefers easy-going, hospitable, complacent friends, whose homes and hearts are always open and whose minds run on the simple, personal things. The reason for this is obvious. 
all of us like the people situations experiences and environments which bring out our natural tendencies which call into play those reflexes and reactions to which we tend naturally chooses food-loving friends let's have something to eat is a phrase whose hospitality has broken more ice and warmed more hearts than any other unless perchance that rapidly disappearing let's have something to drink the fat person keeps at the head of his list those homey souls who set a good table and excel in the art of third and fourth helpings because he is a very adaptable sort of individual this type can reconcile himself to the other kind whenever it serves his purpose but the tender spots in his heart are reserved for those who encourage him in his favorite indoor sport when he doesn't like you a fat man seldom dislikes anybody very hard or for very long really disliking anybody requires the expenditure of a good deal of energy and hating people is the most strenuous work in the world so the alimentive refuses to take even his dislikes to heart he is a consistent conserver of steam and this fact is one of the secrets of his success he applies this principle to everything in life so he travels smoothly through his dealings with others holds few grudges forget it is another phrase originated by the fat people you will hear them say it more often than any other type and what is more they excel the rest of us in putting it into practice the result is that their nerves are usually in better working order this type runs down his batteries less frequently than any other avoids theologists when he takes the trouble to think about it there are a few kinds of people the alimentive does not care for the man who is bent on discussing the problems of the universe the highbrow who wants to practice his new relativity lecture on him the theorist who is given to lengthy expatiations and all advocates of new isms and ologies are avoided by the pure alimentive he calls them faddists fanatics and fools when he sees a highbrow approaching instead of having it out with him as some of the other types would he finds he has important business somewhere else thus he preserves his temperature something that in the average fat man seldom goes far above normal no theorist theories are the bane of this type he just naturally doesn't believe in them scientific discoveries unless they have to do with some new means of adding to his personal comforts are taboo the next time this one about fat men dying young is mentioned in his presence listen to his jolly roar the speed with which he disposes of it will be beautiful to see say i feel like a million dollars he will assure you if you read this chapter to him and i'll bet the folks who wrote that book are a pair of grouches who have forgotten what a square meal tastes like where the t-bones go when you catch a three-inch steak homeward bound you will usually find it tucked under the arm of a well-rounded householder when his salary positively prohibits the comforts of parlor bedroom and other parts of the house the fat man will still see to it that the kitchen does not lack for provender describes his food the fat person likes to regale you with alluring descriptions of what he had for breakfast what he has ordered for lunch and what he is planning for dinner and the rare bit he has on the program for after the theatre eats his way to the grave most of us are committing suicide by inches in one form or another and always in that form which is inherent in our type the alimentive eats his way to the grave and has at least this much to say for it it is more delightful than the pet weaknesses by which the other types hasten the final curtain diseases he is most susceptible to diabetes is more common among this type than any other apoplexy is next especially if the fat man is also a florid man with a fast heart or an inclination to high blood pressure a sudden breaking down of any or several of the vital organs is also likely to occur to fat people earlier than to others 
it is the price they pay for their years of overeating. Overtaxed heart, kidneys, and liver are inevitable results of too much food. So the man you call fat and husky is fat but not husky, according to the statistics. Fat Men and Influenza During the historic Spanish influenza epidemic of 1918, more fat people succumbed than all other types combined. This fact was a source of surprise and much discussion on the part of newspapers, but not of the scientists. The big question in treating this disease and its twin, pneumonia, is, will the heart hold out? Fat seriously handicaps the heart. The Fat Man's Ford Engine The human heart weighs less than a pound, but it is the one organ in all our machinery that never takes a rest. It is the engine of the human car, and what a faithful little motor too, like the Ford engine which it so much resembles. If you live to be forty, it chugs away forty years, and if you stay here ninety, it stretches it to ninety, without an instant of vacation. But it must be treated with consideration, and the first consideration is not to overwork it. A Ford engine is large enough for a Ford car, for Fords are light weight. As long as you do not weigh too much, your engine will carry you up the hills and down the dales of life with good old Ford efficiency and at a pretty good gait. Making a truck out of your Ford but when you take on fat, you are doing to your engine what a four-driver would be doing to his if he loaded his car with brick or scrap iron. A Ford owner who intended to transport bricks the rest of his life could get a big cylinder engine and substitute it for the original, but you can't do that. This little four-cylinder affair is the only one you will ever have, and no amount of money, position, or affection can buy you a new one if you mistreat it. Like the Ford engine, it will stand for a good many pounds of excess baggage and still do good work. But if you load on too much and keep it there, the day will come when its cylinders begin to skip. You may take it to the service station and pay the doctors to grind the valves, fix your carburetor, and put in some new spark plugs. These may work pretty well as long as you are traveling the paved highway of perfect health. You may keep up with the procession without noticing anything particularly wrong. But come to the hill of pneumonia or diabetes, and you are very likely not to make the grade. Don't kill your engine. The records in America show that thousands of men and women literally kill their engines every year when they might have lived many years longer. How each finds happiness. We live for happiness, and each type finds its greatest happiness in following those innate urges determined by the most highly developed system in its makeup. The alimentive's disposition, nature, character, and personality are built by and around his alimentary system. He is happiest when gratifying it, and whenever he thwarts it he is miserable, just as the rest of us are when we thwart our predominant system. The world needs him. This type has so many traits needed by the world, however, and has such extreme capacity for enjoying life that the race, not to mention himself, would profit greatly by his denying himself excessive amounts of food. Enjoyment, the keynote of this type. The good things of life, rich, abundant food, and everything that serves the personal appetites, are the cravings of this type. He purchases and uses more of the limousines, yachts, and chefs than any other three types combined, and gets more for his money out of them than others do. The keynote of his nature is personal enjoyment. His senses of touch and taste are also especially acute. The fat man loves comfort. You can tell a great deal about a man's type by noting for what classes of things he spends most of his extra money. The Alimentive may have no fire insurance, no liberty bonds, no real estate, but he will have all the modern comforts he can possibly afford. Most of the world's millionaires are fat and human analysis explains why. 
we make few efforts in life save to satisfy our most urgent demands, desires, and ambitions. Each human type differs in its cravings from each of the others, and takes the respective means necessary to gratify these cravings. The Alimentive craves those luxuries, comforts, and conveniences which only money can procure for him. The Fat Millionaire When the Alimentive is a man of brains, he uses his brains to get money. No fat person enjoys work, but the greater his brain capacity, the more will he forego leisure to make money. When the fat man is in average circumstances. Any man's money-making ambitions depends largely on whether money is essential to the satisfaction of his predominating instincts. If he is fat and of average brain capacity, he will overcome his physical inertia to the point of securing for himself and his family most of the comforts of modern life. The average-brained fat man composes a large percentage of our population, and the above accounts for his deserved reputation as a generous husband and father. The Fat Man, a Good Provider the fat man will give his last cent to his wife and children for the things they desire, but he is not inclined as much as some other types to hearken to the woes of the world at large. The fat man is essentially a family man, a home man, a respectable, cottage-owning, tax-paying, peaceable citizen. Not a reformer. He inclines to the belief that other families, other communities, other classes, and other countries should work out their own salvation, and he leaves them to do it. In all charitable, philanthropic, and community drives, he gives freely, but is not lavish, nor sentimental about it. It is often a business proposition with him. When the Fat Man is Poor Love of ease is the fat man's worst enemy. His inherent contentment, accentuated by the inconvenience of moving about easily or quickly, constantly tempts him to let things slide. When he lacks the brain capacity for figuring out ways and means for getting things easily, he is never a great success at anything. When the extremely fat man's mentality is below the average, he often refuses to work, in which case he becomes a familiar figure around public restrooms, parks, and the cheaper hotel lobbies. Such a man finally graduates into the class of professional chairwarmers. End of Part 1 of Chapter 1